solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum. Chapter twenty four, the wand maker. Welcome to another episode. I'm Molly, and I'm Alex, and this, this is, is Potter Watch. Chapter twenty four, the wand maker. <laughs> we're back we've sobered up since the movie <laughs> yes took a time we actually that we were the least drunk i think we've ever been oh, for a for movie sure. you watch for but, like sure. we were barely like we not only stayed awake we stayed like on topic i would say oh for sure yo like we also started at the most reasonable time we've ever started a movie yeah I also think in general um the seven part one is like not one you get lit to you know right. like there's not a lot of like fun things to drink to it's a, there's pretty, a lot of feelings a lot for a lot of feelings there um but yeah it was fun as always if you missed that episode um either listening or on YouTube it'll always be there on uh at uh, YouTube at Fandicted the same place that Half-Blood Prince was check it enjoy. out enjoy um yeah but what did you rename this chapter free elf yeah I um I just like copped out by just using a quote from the book. I mean, free elf is not like a great uh yeah title. Horcrux is not hallows. Ooh. What how would you sum this chapter up? Okay. <laughs> My haiku is also uninspired. Mine's like more funny than anything. <laughs> I know. Okay. okay. It's a vibe. It's a different vibe than the chapter. Um, here lies Dobby free. Their long journey starts anew. The end he can see. I that's a good haiku. It's fine. Um, well, in comparison to what I'm about to read. <laughs> um we mourn Dob we mourn for Dobby. We make a deal. With Gabby. What? <laughs> Is Gabby short for Goblin? Well, I was just sharing with Alex off pod that Griffin and I just watched the first um, Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire in which he calls the Goblin Gobby. Oh, oh, <laughs> so it's no. fresh for me. Um, different it, different it, type it. of Goblin, but... Yep, 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 yep. Got it, got it. But we mourn for Dobby. We make a deal with Gabby. Learn wands from Ollie. <laughs> so we're we've got different vibes. <laughs> ah, Ollie. So <clears throat> so now that goblin about, has a name. So should we talk about grief now or <laughs> um I think so. I think we should just hop right in to one of the saddest chapters in Harry Potter. 
Also, some of the most beautiful prose as well. Yeah. I mean, no surprise. J.K. Rowling handles grief very well. It's something she's unfortunately... Oh, God. I always hate when I start talking nice about her. We know how we feel about her, okay? But, you know, I don't wish death or mourning a loved one on anybody, no matter how much of an asshole they are. And that is something that she has dealt a lot with in her life. And so she always writes it so beautifully because she understands it. It Um, um, And this writing about how Harry is feeling the morning it's written so beautifully um uh some things are too easy with magic is sort of the takeaway I'm getting from him I've always loved that he like he does it by hand and uh in and mourning and death in so many different cultures it's so ritualistic the way you do it so it like it feels very intimate, Harry going through the steps of digging the grave and then her talking about the sweat being equated to like the work that Dobby's done for him. Yeah. And it's just really lovely. It's really physical. And I feel like grief itself can be like really like a really physical reaction. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I mean, it's it's just, yeah, it's just really poetic. And this idea of, like, not using magic and, like, this whole chapter is so much about, ma- like, old magic is, like, mm-hmm. a really interesting dichotomy as well that I didn't, like, explicitly pick up on until I just started that sentence. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah. And then Harry is already, like, he's all defensive about, you know he's like I'm gonna have to tell them why I decided to do it the muggle way and then they just show up and they start digging with him and everybody goes into this mode of grief and I don't know I it just um sometimes uh grief is described as like a dance I don't know I just it's very it felt very ritualistic to me like I could see it very clearly it all felt very beautiful yeah there's a Um, couple lines that really jumped out like his rage was dreadful and yet harry's grief for dobby seemed to diminish it so that it became a distant storm that reached harry from across a vast silent ocean oh yes and then the backdrop of this gorgeous like beach that they're on is she uses it a lot throughout the um throughout this chapter in the background just like the beach and compare and like the calmness of that beach in comparison to everything else that's coming on going around going on and it this chapter really is the calm before the storm right and it's so amazing the way like I do think this is one of those books that was meant to be two movies I know some people disagree but I think they cut it at the right spot. And this calm opening, the second part, which is all battle, it just makes so much sense having this chapter be the start of the second part because for the book, it does the exact same thing. The calm before everything just gets buck wild and is moving, you know, right. at a very quick pace. I don't think um, it 
for me, I was like, this book should be too, but they definitely picked the right spot to do it. Like, I totally agree with what you're saying. I do think they would have had to like, let go of a, I mean, that it most, I love part one and what they did with it. And I think we would have lost a lot of part one if we had split it, if we hadn't split it into two. Um, Like, I'm not upset that they split it up, but yeah. um, Um, Like, there's this other paragraph from where it said, like, grief, it seemed, drove Voldemort out through Dumbledore, of course, would have said that it was love. And then there's just like some other stuff that's on there as well. I have that quote written down too, um, because at first when he was saying like, um, my scar is hurting, but it's a distant home. I can't feel anything, but like mourning just the same way I couldn't feel anything when I was mourning Sirius and all of that. And at first I was like, oh, it's really sad that the key to unlocking this, um, to the key to blocking out uh, Dumbledore I mean, ugh, gosh, the key to blocking out Voldemort is um, his grief and this loss. And then the line comes in, uh, Dumbledore would have called it love. And then it, and then you're like, oh, wait, ah. Yeah. There's some really um, nice Dumbledore like mentions in this chapter. It's yeah. a real, I mean, obviously it's like the coming to peace with Dumbledore in this chapter for Harry. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that translates to the reader as well even though it's not as explicit. Um, Luna always knows what to say. That was my note too, yeah. Um, Like I would just want her to be, like she's just like the right person to be there for like difficult times. Like Mm -hmm. she has a lot of tact. (laughs) Unlike Ron, which (laughs) makes them a perfect couple, am I right? Yeah, and she just has, like, she matches, like, the energy of the moment a lot of times. Yeah, she's just, like, if she had, like, an extra power, it would definitely be, like, an empath, I feel. Oh, yeah. She just has very, like, empath vibe. Here lies Dobby, a free elf. And before we get Grip Hook uh, coming in, my note was like, I wonder how many house elves get graves and are mourned equal to like humans and wizards. And I don't think it's that many. And I think it really just adds to, it just adds to the love and the kind of person that Harry is that not only is he like buried like but in Harry's heart he's mourned equal to the likes of Sirius and stuff you know what I'm saying you know yeah I mean he makes the comparison to like Dumbledore had this funeral and we have to like cobble this together for Dobby I mean like yeah Yeah, he really does like and and there's not a doubt in Harry's mind like he's not like oh this is like for a house elf you know right. like for for Harry it's just like that was my friend and he yeah. risked his life to save mine it's, it's there pretty. is no difference to Harry yeah right and then obviously like grip hook highlights that yeah I had a couple of things before grip hook too just about like, oh me too I just more. I was just saying like oh yeah I had written that note before we got to grip oh hook. right but anyway, go ahead with your next note. 
Um, well, one, I just had like a general note about like Bill and Fleur. And I was like, I think I have like such a fondness for them in like Shell Cottage because to me, they are James and Lily. Like they are the James and Lily of their generation. And like the way that they have like immersed themselves into this war and like how much of a leadership role, especially like Bill has taken, just like felt very much like what James and Lily were doing in the first war. And like, they're kind of like represent that in some ways, I think. Yeah. Um, I totally feel that. I was just kind of thinking about, cause I was like, yeah, I mean, I know I like Bill and like, I like Fleur, but I was like mm-hmm. this, the Matt Shell Cottage is just like really powerful. Um, and I think, I think maybe it's like thinking about that. No, that makes a lot of sense. I never thought about them like that before. Um, I then I was like mad though because they're talking about the secret keeper business, and I think we've brought up this like flaw before. Like, Bill is the secret keeper for Shell Cottage. Why couldn't James or Lily be the secret keeper for their own fucking house? Like there was no need to use an ex right it, person. Yeah, it's dumb. I thought the exact same thing. I was and like, I think we what? brought it up before. What? <laughs> um, yeah. Ugh. Uh Aunt Muriel. I want to, I want an image of Aunt Muriel with all of those people in her house. She can't be enjoying it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have a, an, a silly note. <laughs> I say, it's not the time, but Draco's wand <laughs> felt better in his hand. That's, I heard, I that's heard a quote that from the book. <laughs> I heard that line and I was like, I'm sure Alex has a thought on this. I'm not going to write it down. <laughs> You thought we had passed it by. You thought I I had grown as a person, but I have not. Let me tell you. Um, I almost did it because it, I was like still mourning Dobby, but right. I was like, I I can't not. Yeah. Um, it just felt right, you know. It felt right in his hand. The shorter one. Yeah, I did. I picked up on that too. <laughs> yikes um kind of speaking of that I love HP taking charge I love to see it same he like really comes into his own this chapter he like unlocks something yeah for sure um it did kind of like it makes the whole camping stuff like more annoying though because it's like this is what we needed like and obviously like it all had to happen in it in the time like in the right time but like it just made it more annoying I guess yeah I it's really that like that thing about like when you lose people it like makes you like grow up faster and I think something about this and and watching everything happen the way it did at Malfoy Manor, I think really just like put things into perspective for him and lit a fire under his butt and was like, yeah. you know what? Like, I've got to stop meandering. This is on me. Yeah, like it, um, yeah, definitely lit the fire. And it, I, um, also like he learned all that stuff about Bellatrix. Like 
things had to happen. Yeah. And I'm not even saying like, oh, if he had just been like this, like things would have been different. Yeah. Like we just missed this leadership, which is what I think Ron and Hermione were like, you know, we were waiting for this. They've been waiting right. for this moment, I guess. And so- right. But Harry needs, he needs stuff. Like he needs the information about Bellatrix to like yeah. push him into action. Exactly. He can't like summon it from nowhere. Right. Um. Okay. What do you, I wanted to know your thoughts on this uh, conversation he's having in his head about like Dumbledore knowing that, um, that Ron was going to need the Deluminator and um, Hermione uh, or about him like yeah. going off topic and needing to focus back. And then he asked the question, what did do you know about me, Dumbledore? Mm-hmm. And what do you think about that? You gave Ron the Deluminator. You understood him. You gave him a way back. And you understood Wormtail, too. You knew there was a bit of regret there, somewhere. And if you knew them, what did you know about me, Dumbledore? Am I meant to know, but not to seek? Did you know how hard I'd find that? Is that why you made it this difficult? So I'd have time to work that out. Like he has all of these like unanswered questions for Dumbledore. Um, I yeah, I I also like looked at that line. <laughs> I that was a weird way to respond to that. But um, I also had a note about that line. Um, like it just it makes me give more grace to Dumbledore because I don't necessarily know the answers, but I do think that. And obviously like Dumbledore thought about those questions and like how to best guide Harry and almost to what you just said, like he knows that Harry's not just gonna do something like Harry needs like certain things to happen for him to like make a move or, you know, to Mm -hmm. be inspired. Like, I think that Dumbledore knows that about Harry, even like the way he went about the whole Slughorn memory. Yeah. Like he... He, Harry needs to figure some things out for himself in order to believe that he has the strength to do it. I think a really good example of that is the whole, he thinks James is the one doing the Patronus and then he figures that out in the right time and he doesn't think about it. He just instinctively does it. Yeah, I think what you said is really right. It does make me have a little bit more grace for Dumbledore. And I just also think it's such an adult way to think about it. Like, it just felt like I was reading (laughs) adult Harry. Like, he was not a teen anymore. And it gave me the same feeling as the dance does in the part one movie, where when Hermione and Harry are dancing together it always makes me like kind of well up a little bit because I always look at them and remember their like younger selves in like the first movie and think oh my god they're so old and look how much they've they've done and grown so and and in this chapter in this part where he's like thinking so like I don't know what the word is wisely about Dumbledore and having such growth growth in um the way he thinks about him given the past couple months and trust right oh you've grown so much Harry look how much you've done yeah I I mean the the first line in particular like if you knew them what did you know about me Dumbledore feels like 
you knew that I had to, to know myself. Like, yeah, kind of. And then he comes to the conclusion. I'm, I'm supposed to focus on the horcruxes. Like I'm supposed to trust myself basically. Yeah. Which is all Dumbledore I think has been trying to teach Harry. Um, while we're still like in our feelings, <laughs> the line that really made me want to tear up or like I did start to tear up was the, oh wow the when Harry looks down at the mirror fragments like I'll never know who sent you help will always be given um, at Hogwarts to those who ask for it I was like yeah yeah will <laughs> um I, I I'm not a cold-hearted uh piece of shit guys I I'm like reacting oh. <laughs> Um, I think they know that you're not. <laughs> no, I know. I just realized, like, I was like, I was like reacting physically and not reacting vocally. Yeah. Uh, this chapter is really good. Yeah. And it's kind of connected to the last chapter in that, like, there's still the interweaving of what Voldemort is doing, like, mm-hmm. during this whole thing. For sure. I mean, definitely. All right. I'm We're at, about to get some of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm at Gabby. Grip hook. Don't want to disrespect. <laughs> um, I just before, uh, just to piggyback a little bit about what you were saying about Bill and Fleur. Um, I love that Bill's like, hey, man, can I get some answers? And Harry's like, I would, but I can't. Now I need this X, Y, and Z. And Bill he thinks about it for a second and then he gets right to work. He says, okay, what can I do to help? And I just love that. He doesn't feel threatened like about Harry taking charge, like in his house. He's just like, okay. I know. I like, don't even have like the words to describe it. And like, I don't think I would handle any of those situations. Well, but like, I don't know. It would just be like a lot, like, just to trust Harry blindly because right, but he I love that he does it. Yeah, I love no, I do too. He doesn't question it. And I think about if they had like gone to like, you know, loop the the lupins, you know, what would happen if they showed up with like a dead dog? I mean, I really think Lupin got his ass handed to him. So I don't think he would be as uh grumpy about it now. But Molly would not have taken not having answers like. I don't think a lot of the would because even when he was being, you know, in the seventh one, he never was like, I need to know things like, yeah, he still respected that part of it, I think. Yeah. Um, You know, I just don't think any adults would have in the series right now would have like been the same way that Bill and Fleur that what Bill was about it. Fleur was in a little bit of a snit. That's fine. I also think it's hard not to have information. Like I'm not even saying I would handle it as well. Right. I would be, I would be like, you have to tell me something. We've yeah. got hurt people on our hands or hurt. Yeah. Some- yeah. I mean, I, like it is interesting that they're like not saying anything. Like even the fact that they won't even admit that Hermione was tortured. Like, right. Does it feel like proprietary information? Right. But that's what I was saying. Like, uh, give me something. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, it honestly shocked me that they didn't tell them more. Well, and 
um, Luna and Ollivander and Dean aren't held to that secrecy. So they were like, no, we were at Malfoy Manor. Like, I don't, I don't know what, like, um, but I like, I just want like a cut to Dean being like, are we not supposed to say anything either? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Harry, uh, mate. Yeah. But uh, no, I think I, yeah, it's a great relationship that they have. Yeah. Again, it's all, it's all about trust. There's so uh-huh. much trust. <laughs> it's the ring of Phoenix fire. Mm. And then it's like order of the Phoenix. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a meet the parents reference as well. Oh, I've not seen that. So. It's a two for one. Deal. Two for one combo. Yeah. <laughs> A classic match. A classic. (laughs) Oh, boy. Howdy, howdy, duty. Where are you at? Uh, I'm at a grip hook. Or Gobby, as he's intimately referred to (laughs) as. Probably not. (laughs) Um, Goblins are just so intriguing. Like, the whole culture, like... I mean, we've been very, like, critical of how she's written about other, like, magical creatures and stuff in the book. But, like, Mm -hmm. this stuff is, like, very interesting. And, like, I think she does, like, capture, like, this is a very different culture that wizards will never understand. Like, I think that's captured well. I do, too. Um, I think she thinks a lot about goblin culture. And I think it's really interesting to, even in this little moment, have like Ron and Grip Hook go at it a little bit, like about the differences in the culture. Well, it was like wizards wouldn't let us have wands. They don't let anybody else have wands. And then, and Ron's like, well, we don't know your sword, uh, how to make swords, but Ron, are you listening when you're talking? You are using those goblin made swords. He's like, even it's not, it's not equitable. Even if, wizards didn't share the wand making ability you guys could still sell wands to goblins but you don't right check your privilege run exactly (laughs) and and even to to harry's not i not like problem but i think harry's kind of like well, I didn't care that like Dobby was a house elf. Like I treated mm-hmm. him like my friend. Like, I don't care that you're a goblin. And I think Griphook is like, well, I do care that I'm a goblin. Like that means- It's about, yeah. And he, and I think Harry gets checked a little bit at the door yeah. too there where he's like, well, that doesn't matter. It's not about wizards versus goblins right now. And it's like, whoa, 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 Harry. For Griphook, it is about wizards right. versus goblins because Griphook is a goblin. Yeah. Like, it's like, Harry basically was like, I don't see color. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I didn't want to be that harsh about it, but like, that is what I was thinking. Exactly. But I I also think like Harry, uh, I really love Harry in this chapter and I I give Harry a bit of a pass because he didn't grow up in this culture. So he actually genuinely is ignorant to the complexities of the history. And you can tell that Ron and Hermione aren't. And so I think they each have three very different perspectives on it. And um, and um, and we already get a little bit of Harry being 
sweet because Grip Hook's like, you're a very strange wizard. You buried Dobby like an equal. You you rescued me. Like, what's your game? I don't like, but, and then he says a very kind thing of like, if I, I would trust only you to be trying to break into Green Gods and not be for selfish purposes. Right. Um, like, cause, because Harry gen- genuinely is like, no, I think you should be treated like wizards are treated in the world. Right. That's what I mean by like, he's genuinely ignorant to the right. history behind it. Like, it's not like, oh, I don't see color in the same way that it's like, when people say I don't see color, what they mean is that like, they think racism is gone and we could all just operate the way we are. But there are complexities about why, um, people of color are um, diminished and second-class citizens and things aren't equal right now, which is why we need to see color and make a difference. Harry's like, I genuinely don't understand what the problem is. Like, you're basically like a wizard to me. I don't get it. Like, we're cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't understand. And and I think Hermione obviously understands that nuance a little bit more. And I do like that she um you know brings that up to grip hook about her own place and like I think this is a huge deal what Hermione does and it's and it like shook me because I forgot that she did this like when she's like reclaiming the word mudblood mm-hmm. and I was sitting here like I just had to like literally estimate like I think I like banged my hand against my head because sometimes JK Rowling like intimately understands what it's like to be a second class citizen or an oppressed culture. And she like hits it on the head. And then other times she completely misses the mark or says they don't exist. So I don't understand her as a person. JK Rowling is an enigma and it just frustrates me to no end. It's because she's created a narrow box of who she is willing to consider a second class or oppressed group of people. I know. It just like, but it. And I will stand up for them, but these other people, nah. Like, and it sucks. (laughs) Like, be completely inclusive. (laughs) I just don't understand. That, that's why she is so controversial because she does some things right. And just like, it gets like, it literally like, it gets under my skin. It makes me so mad, obviously. I'm like, just take one more step. One more, like, just come on. You're this close. JK, you're this close. And instead what she did was she ran a mile backwards. One step forward, three steps back. One step forward, three miles back. Yeah. Uh, so infuriated. I was, I mean, yeah, this was obviously like in the back of my mind the whole time with Grip Hook. And I was like, I don't even know how to express this, like how I'm feeling about all of this. You just, you said it very well. So I don't need to say anything more except for Ron, we are working on being useful. That is what our goal is. Yeah. Why are you sitting here arguing with Grip Hook about his culture right now, Ron? And Ron, you don't even pay attention in history of magic. You are just basing this off of stereotypes that you grew up with. Yeah, I am like annoyed at Ron because of this, but I also think 
he's sort of the scapegoat. Like we need, I think it's important to have this perspective in the argument to give it a full rounded, like discussion about being an oppressed people. So I love that Ron takes, we need it. We need it. But so like, I didn't even, I was like, you're Judas, Ron, you needed to, (laughs) you needed to have this moment. And I actually really like the next chapter when Bill enters the conversation because he has a very different perspective mm-hmm. on it that's like very nuanced and interesting. So that's, yeah, um, I'm sure we'll talk about it then too. But I had another general note mm-hmm. on goblins that they're Slytherins. <laughs> All of them. Well, definitely grip hook. <laughs> For sure. But Um, are you operating on stereotype, Molly? I I just said I'm making a generalization. Um, From what we know about goblins, I felt like very Slytherin sensibilities. Yeah. And and then I was like, and I feel like maybe to some extent, like house elves are like very Hufflepuff sensibilities. And then like Dobby's like a Gryffindor in like a sea of Hufflepuff. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't feel comfortable fully generalizing, but I, I was just giving you some, a hard time. No, I was like, wow, this comes off real rough. <laughs> yeah. But grip hook is certainly a Slytherin. Yeah. I just like the whole approach and like, like, I and- think we get more in the next chapter too, but. I think I'm going to end up eating my past words, honestly, because I get mad at Grip Hook. Like, I really get mad at Grip Hook later, like, historically in my reading and viewing of the series. But listening to this chapter and reading this chapter with a more keen eye, especially in light of everything that's been happening in the world recently, I was just like, no, this is something you feel like rightfully belongs to you as a part of your culture. I don't think it's right for him to like lock them in there and leave them for dead, basically. But I think I really am going to see it from a different perspective later on in yeah. the in the in the books, a different way than I usually do. I don't like what he does certainly, but I've never been like I don't have a a lingering. I don't. I don't hold on to anger towards. Grip. I have held on. I will say before and now. I I just like Harry with Dumbledore. I was reading this chapter and I felt it releasing. Yeah, this you know this reread is all about just like letting go. Yeah, <laughs> um, in the I words of Elsa, I think he always planned on you know making sure that he got the sword, but I don't think he planned on like a full like double cross. Like I think he just met the moment with how he was going to get out for him and he made a decision. Yes. I think in the, I also think I've been influenced by the movie because in the movie, it's very malicious the way he does it. And in the book, I think he just leaves. I'll have to reread it. But in the book, he definitely is like, (laughs) later suckers, you know? Oh yeah. I don't like how they do it. It's very malicious in the movie. And they like murder, he gets murdered in the movie. Yeah. Which there's no conclusion in the book. I think either way. I I don't remember actually, but I don't think there is. So I'm really interested to like go on this journey. So keep an eye on that listeners. 
in like three weeks, we're going to read that chapter and I'm going to be like, oh, grip hooks the words. No growth. I'm just kidding. Also like fair to still do that. Like you don't have to um, necessarily change your mind on that. I just wanted to like put it out there because I, I was, I had feelings about it. So I've eaten my words like so many times on this podcast. Most recently with the actor that played Xenophilius. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Ah, so great. The wand lore. That's my next note. <laughs> yeah. I didn't write a lot of notes about the wand lore because we already knew it. But I said, this wand lore chapter, so important. (laughs) I think that note was at like Harry being like, this was the wand of Draco Malfoy. Yeah. What that's going to mean, which you were talking about last chapter. Mm -hmm. So important. Of course, the matter of taking matters. It really does. Really, really does. I think it's really interesting that Grindelwald didn't kill Grigorovich when he took the wand. Which, again, this is on a, the first time I'm noticing that. Like, Well, I have this theory that really has almost no backing that I came up with in um, watching Crimes of Grindelwald that uh, Grindelwald doesn't like to spill magical blood. Like he really finds it sacred and magical beings to be sacred. And so like he has, like there's that scene in the beginning where he has that, his like henchmen kill the baby. He like, he doesn't want to be a part of it. So I don't know. I think that's I don't think that's like a reach at all um and and I think that's his whole thing like he's willing to do what needs to be done yeah but he's not like in it for like killing like Baltimore is or like death eaters are and some of his followers are probably like that but like his goal is not to do that yes um and I think especially like a younger Grindelwald which is when he would have been taking this wand um, yeah and he really understood wand lore enough to know that he didn't have to kill Gregorovich to take the wand um which I think is also interesting but yeah I like it I like thinking that Grindelwald's not as horrible as me too and I think but, it makes him a more interesting villain yeah. and I've been watching the X-Men series on uh my YouTube channel that I do with my friend Jessa and I've we I've been sensing a lot of similarities between Grindelwald and Dumbledore versus Professor X and Magneto. Magneto yeah. being the Grindelwald equivalent. I love that. It seems like a lot of work to go back and look at all of the spells and priory incantatum of the wands that they left. Like, he's like, well, obviously they'll know because they'll go back and look at all the spells we've cast with our wands. And I was like, I mean, I guess, but that just seems like a lot. I could see him making someone else do that, like lower on the totem pole. I don't know if it's, but because I I can see why he would think that because he's so obsessed with wands right now. But I also think once he has the 
once he has the elder wand, he's not going to care about Harry's wand anymore. I don't think he thinks that he like has the unbeatable wand, the death stick as it were. Right. Um, You know what I won't eat my words on? Ollivander being shady AF because Harry says it again. (laughs) Harry does say it again. I was, I thought about you when I heard that. He's like, he's unsure of how much he likes Ollivander. He also like never really tells Ollivander it's okay that he told Baltimore everything he did. He's like, I understand you're being tortured, but he's never like, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do think that's a tough position for Harry to be in. Like, I think Harry handles it well. Yeah. Yeah. But like you did hand him the clues to ultimately try and kill me. And my best friend just was also being tortured. I mean, Tur- a lot less time. Like, Ollivander's been there for a year. Like, I don't really yeah. Ollivander, but... Oh, yeah. I don't have any ill will towards Ollivander about this. Um, but I do think for Harry, it is a hard pill to swallow. It was against all of his Gryffindor instincts. Yes. Um, did you have any other notes? Because I just had one more about the very end. I just, mine's about the very end. And I have the same note that I always have about Voldemort desecrating uh, Dumbledore's grave, which is disrespectful. Yeah. It makes me want to cry. Every time I read about it, it makes me want to sob. I think it's so disrespectful. I think I was more like, this is real bad news. Or is it? You know, like at the time I was like, oh God, this is the worst thing that could happen. I think the first time it hit me the hardest. And then when I saw it in the movie, it also like makes me, it like hurts me. It just is like, as much as we like give Dumbledore a hard time, I think if anyone deserved like a quiet resting place, it was Dumbledore. And it's just like, how dare you mess with his grave? It also, it's like Voldemort thinks that he, is taking something and like has somehow beaten Dumbledore. Right. So glad that's not the case, but like, I hate that he thinks that he has one. Yeah. Dumbledore. Like, yeah. Also so dumb Baltimore that you think that Dumbledore would just like have his wand ready to be taken by you. Like, yeah. Come on. Estimating Dumbledore so much right now. (laughs) Well, he's one of, he doesn't respect, like it's, it's his, it's his, lack of understanding of how magic and like anything works like he's like he's so obsessed with death so for him he's like Dumbledore's only power was while he was alive he's dead he can't stop me anymore so he's like well Dumbledore had like plans on plans on plans on plans set up for after he died okay he didn't just let you know Snape kill him like a one of his plans is sitting in your head room right now <laughs> like calm down Voldemort yeah. um and for that reason I think Voldemort's my rat oh <laughs> I think my rat is Bella just wow. because we're dealing with the aftermath of Dobbs but uh my champ is Harry actually same mine was also Harry he he was he was, he knew what he was doing. He did. And I give this a 200, a solid points of 200. Cause I think this is a really, really good chapter and a really necessary chapter for the rest of the book. 
Yeah, I concur. I actually forgot to do points, but I would definitely do like 200 at least. Yeah. And so many tattoo ideas. Oh, so many. I honestly, like, I wouldn't get this as a tattoo, but I would really love to get commissioned, like, a picture of Shell Cottage with, like, the beach and then, like, they're just like huddled there, but they're really not the main focus of like, they're all gathered around. I just think that's a beautiful image, just the cottage and them. And yeah, the beach. It's a very calming, like somber, but calming image. Yeah. And like that, that uh, help will always be given at Hogwarts Hogwarts. to me. And like, if I was like a counselor or a teacher or something, like I would have a lot, I would have something like that up in my classroom. Like just always ask for help basically. Yeah. Here lies Dobby, a free elf. I mean, come on. So many good good ones. Such a good chap. Um, Until next time, everyone. Stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum